Good afternoon and welcome to the Monday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, Brian Voth with IntelliFarm Inc. will join us to talk about this morning's Stats Canada crop production reports. And up first in today's country comment, we'll talk about crop diseases with David Kaminsky with Manitoba Agriculture. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us on the program today is David Kaminsky with Manitoba Agriculture to talk about the province's 2021 crop disease surveys. One of the diseases that's traditionally a problem for Manitoba is sclerotinia stemrot, also known as white mold in the other crops that uh, are susceptible. And it is... uh, the the most substantial reduction. We saw virtually none this year. And uh, it has these survival structures which can hang on for quite a number of years, but uh, with a number of dry years, I'm not expecting it to make a real bounce back even if we had a wetter year next year. Uh, Black leg, too, has uh, fallen both in prevalence and in severity. So that's good news. Perhaps it has to do with uh, varietal resistance um, because in drier years, black leg can sometimes have a, a bigger impact. And finally, we're interested in um, the apparent increase in the amount of verticillium stripe that we're seeing. It's a disease that we don't know too much about. First appeared here in 2014 and seems to be gradually increasing in prevalence. It seems to appear, though, late in the season and may not have a big impact on yield. This is still to be determined. But again, in uh, this year, 2021, um, we're seeing it in more fields, but at quite a low intensity. What about uh, club root? You know, I believe we had no new cases identified. I'm certain we had none identified in the survey but uh, I don't think that any others have come to light, either by agronomists uh, bringing it to our attention or growers. Um, I'm not quite sure why that is. We do know that club root thrives on moist soil conditions because it has uh, swimming spores, and uh, 2021 just did not prove uh, favorable to the spread of that disease. Right. Um, what about wheat? What I guess, what are some of the diseases that uh, we normally see there? Well, in wheat, we see both foliar diseases and fusarium head blight. And the latter is the one we're usually most concerned about. In 2020, we found it in a third of the fields. This year, we have found it in less than 1% of the fields. And a colleague of ours at uh, Ag Canada in Morden, Maria Antonia Enriquez, um, she is doing the assessment of the intensity of uh, fusarium on those samples that we we do find it. Um, don't have the results yet, but it was quite low last year as well. What do we normally see for diseases in, in soybeans? Well, normally we all almost always see bacterial blight and soybean brown spot um, with pretty high prevalence. For instance, in 2020, um, bacterial blight took the lead with 92% of the fields surveyed, and brown spot was found in 80% of the fields. 
not at really uh, alarming intensity, but still it was there and obvious. And our results so far from this year, um, we see more brown spot than bacterial blight. But brown spot, for instance, is in a quarter of the fields, and the severity is even less than last year. And downy mildew, which we usually see some of, was, again, almost non-existent. That was David Kaminsky with Manitoba Agriculture talking to us here today about the 2021 Provincial Crop Disease Surveys. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. As was anticipated, crop yields are expected to be down significantly this year. Statistics Canada released its July crop production estimate this morning. Brian Voth is president of IntelliFarm Inc. All wheat number came in at 22.9 million tons, slightly more than the trade estimate at 22.6. Obviously, a lot of eyes on the spring wheat aspect, which came in at 16.1 versus the trade estimate at 15.9. So pretty close, slightly better than what the trade was expecting. Nationally, canola production is expected to fall 24.3% to 14.7 million tons, the lowest level since 2012. Soybean production is projected to decrease 8.4% year over year to 5.8 million tons. Weeds continue to be a problem in fields that are ready to harvest. Kim Brown Livingston is the province's weed specialist. Seeing regrowth of lots of things right now, uh, including some crops that have already been harvested and we're seeing some regrowth. We are even hearing about some regrowth and I've seen some regrowth in canola that hasn't been cut. It just had kind of not grown very well and the recent rains have caused it to start growing again. So that is a bit problematic for harvest. Um, but we are starting to see, you know, our we did have a lot of annual weeds that had emerged quite late. Um, they've been green and actively growing all the way through the season. And, uh, you know, they're just doing that much better now since we've got these recent rains. She notes despite the recent moisture, soil conditions are still quite dry and chemical control may be a better option than tillage. And grasshoppers are still quite noticeable in some ditches and edges of fields. John Gavlosky is with Manitoba Agriculture. Grasshoppers this time of the year, they're still looking for lush green vegetation to feed on. And as some crops mature and are being cut, they're moving around and they're looking for green vegetation still to feed, whether it's roadside vegetation or crops that are still green and standing. So we do see them moving into some crops in some cases, people have been controlling grasshoppers around their, the edges of some of the, the crops that they're moving into. He notes heavy populations of flea beetles have been noticed on some later maturing canola fields, resulting in some control measures. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Monday, August 30th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today... We'll have details on this morning's Stats Canada Crop Production Report. Statistics Canada released its July crop production estimate this morning. Brian Voth is president of IntelliFarm Inc. So not a surprise, most production estimates down uh, quite substantial from last year. Um, given uh, the hot and dry and the conditions over Western Canada this year, no, no real surprise there. Um, you know, all wheat number came in at 22.9 million tonnes slightly more than the trade estimate at 22.6. Uh, obviously, a lot of eyes on the spring wheat aspect, which came in at 16.1 versus the trade estimate at 15.9. So pretty close, um, slightly better than what the trade was expecting. Obviously, a lot of eyes on the canola number uh, came in at 14.7 million tons versus the trade at 14.1. 
That one, I will say, when you look at the provincial breakdowns, they're still using a, a 35 bushel yield estimate for Manitoba. That does look a little bit suspect. Um, I mean, yields have been all over the map, so it's really hard to come up with an overall number, but kind of seems a little bit questionable to see a 35 bushel yield average in Manitoba. Um, so I'll put a little bit of an asterisk around that number yet. Oats, uh, 3 million tons, basically bang on what the trade was expecting. Barley at 7.8, again, was slightly higher than the trade of 7.4. Uh, and then some of the minor crops, lentils at 1.9, was slightly lower than trade expectations at 2.1. Flax at 416,000 tons versus the trade at 448. And peas at 2.6 versus the trade at 2.9. So for the most part, the numbers were actually uh, very close to expectations uh, on either side. And I think it's interesting to see that, you know, this was a – this was satellite-based uh, estimates, not survey-based. And it is always, I think, important to differentiate between those two. But it, I think it does show that satellite imagery is a good option or a good tool for using for estimating yields. That said, there's always the case where, you know, you get fields that, from a growth aspect, look poor and still actually have a decent yield, or vice versa, look really good, and they didn't fill out and they don't have the yield on there. So... I think there's going to be an interesting comparison between this and the final production numbers in December when they come out. But again, across the board, not really a surprise to see, you know, roughly a 30% drop in yield this year versus last year. Um, I think most, most of the trade had penciled in, you know, between 30 to 35%. Some of the more extreme ones were thinking more like 50%. I think that was maybe a little bit premature to put out a number like that. But again, no matter how you look at it, it's going to be a small crop. We're going to have to see rationing going on in Canada to get us through till till next fall. That was Brian Voth with Intellifarm Inc. recapping this morning's Stats Canada crop production reports. Also of note, soybean production is projected to decrease 8.4% year over year to 5.8 million tons. Saskatchewan released its first quarter financial update last week, which showed the government's support for the ag sector to address the province's widespread drought condition. Golden West Radio's Maury Robleski caught up to Saskatchewan's finance minister, Donna Harpower, to talk about the increase in agriculture support and how it's affecting the province's financial picture. We are now projecting at the first quarter an increase in our, our budgetary deficit by $126.5 million, which brings our total deficit that we're projecting right now to $2.74 billion. Um, it is all can be contributed to our support for our agriculture producers. As everyone knows, um, we are having a very, very challenging year for our agriculture sector. So we are projecting that our crop insurance claims will be up an additional $588 million from where we projected in the budget, as well as we introduced a week and a half ago a livestock um, support program, which is cost-shared with the federal government, but the provincial government contribution is $119 million. We'll always be there for agriculture producers. Um, they are the backbone of our province, to be sure. But even though this has increased our, our deficit for this particular uh, budget, other indicators and other revenue sources in our budget are extremely strong. So there's a lot of good news there as well. Our resource revenues, uh, we're projecting are up $360 million from where we had first projected in our budget. And 
So that um, has definitely helped the deficit to keep it as low as, as possible. And we've also had additional transfers from the federal government that was announced in their budget, but uh, wasn't announced in time for us to include in our budget. So we've included those now. So there's a lot of uh, really positive things happening in our province, and and I believe we are um, well advanced in our recovery. We've had almost ten billion dollars of private sector investment commitments um, in canola crush plants. There's been three major uh, investment announcements there. We have a, a helium facility that's been announced. And, of course, close to home is uh, the BHP announcement on how they're going to advance to their next phase. So all of those um, initiatives as they move forward is going to help stimulate our economy initially in construction and construction jobs, but then uh, they'll all translate into good um, full-time jobs and employment within our province. For Golden West, I'm Maury Rablaski. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email the farm desk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Ag Wire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Canadian Beef Industry Conference will take place online this week, August 31st to September 2nd. Go to CanadianBeefIndustryConference.com. 4-H Manitoba's 2021-22 season starts in September with 130 clubs throughout the province. If you're age 6 to 25 and would like to join a club near you, contact the Brandon office at 204-726-6136 or visit 4h.mb.ca. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Monday afternoon. The Manitoba government has committed $3 million to maintain the health of existing trees and establish an additional 10 kilometers of shelter belts that will enhance safety and demonstrate natural infrastructure along the Trans-Canada Highway between Winnipeg and Portage Prairie. Tim Sopak is Chief Executive Officer with the Manitoba Habitat Heritage Corporation. Very fortunate to receive uh, $3 million from the provincial government to carry on the work uh, of the shelter belts on, on the Trans-Canada Highway between uh, Portage and Winnipeg. Tell us a little bit about the, uh, the project. I believe this is Phase uh, 3 now? Yes. Uh, well, interesting. You, know, you could say Phase 1 started 25 years ago when... Uh, this project first got underway, the first tree plantings along that stretch of the highway, which were designed to deal with, uh, you know, deal with the, the snow drift issues in the winter and road closures and, and dangers to people. And unfortunately, some of those trees have not fared so well over the years. So last year, with some initial funding of about $1.5 million, we were able to start a planting project, the, the original plan was uh, to deal with the, with that money do 16 kilometers of of shelter belt renewal and uh we started the planting last year we've continued this year this three million dollars is going to not only allow us to do an additional 10 kilometers but it's also giving us the additional funds we we need to ensure that those trees keep growing over the first few years um you know there's the old saying it's easy to plant a tree Growing a tree is a whole lot harder, and we've seen a year like this year with just incredible dryness, and you know we're putting a lot of resources to watering the trees we've planted to ensure that they're uh, they're going to grow well. What are the benefits of having those along the highway there? 
Well, uh, that stretch of highway, anybody who's driven it on a windy day in the winter knows that uh, it's subject to a lot of ground drifting. Uh, there can be whiteouts. That road gets closed on uh, on a fairly regular basis in the winter. Um, having a good multi-row planting of trees uh, really reduces the wind speeds, reduces the uh, the drifting. It helps to prevent uh, the snow from blowing across the road. And, uh, you know, when it, that all translates into a safer highway for Manitobans and also significant benefits to the economy because, you know, that's a major economic artery uh, in Manitoba. So uh, a lot of benefits. The trees don't exactly stop the wind, but they slow the wind speeds enough that uh, it can control the the movement of snow across the road. What section of the highway are we talking about? Right. Uh, If you start from uh, St. Francois-Xavier, sort of the the stretch that's west of the Assiniboine River near there, uh, and we're running all the way over to where the Assiniboine River cuts across the the road again. Some people might know the Little Red Barn as a there's a little landmark on that highway. We're, we're running up uh, as far west as that area. And that is where we have the biggest uh, wind fetches, if you will. And also an interesting thing is in late fall, we get uh, what's called lake effect snows coming off, uh, coming from, from Lake Manitoba. And uh, that's the stretch that gets it the worst as well. Is there a specific um, type of tree that or shrub that goes in there that works best? Or, yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, there tended to be plantings. The first round of plantings tended to be one or two species of trees in any one site, and we've gone with what's called an eco buffer concept. So, in fact, there's over 30 different tree and shrub species being used. So it's not just trees; it's trees and shrubs. The idea is to have a diversity of species to help ensure that we get uh, longevity of uh of the stand because you know the the most if you will may may the best tree win in a given site and so having a diversity of species helps to ensure that uh, we'll have growth good growth all along the area and over time we expect these this buffer to if you will self-seed or or revegetate on its own to expand and so uh that's very exciting too. It's kind of a new concept being used, the eco buffers. So a lot of different tree and shrub species are going in there. And those are all from Manitoba, then? Or? Yes, yeah. our uh, our contractor to to manage the planting and installation is local, it's Silmerdeens, and uh, all the stock we're using is uh, sourced from Manitoba nurseries. And many of them are species that are native to Manitoba. That was Tim Sopak, CEO with the Manitoba Habitat Heritage Corporation. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Canola production is expected to drop to its lowest level since 2012. That according to Statistics Canada, which released its July crop production estimate this morning. Brian Voth is president of IntelliFarm Inc came in at 14.7 million tons versus the trade of 14.1. That one, I will say, when you look at the provincial breakdowns, they're still using a, a 35 bushel yield estimate for Manitoba. That does look a little bit suspect. Yields have been all over the map, so it's really hard to come up with an overall number, but kind of seems a little bit questionable to see a 35 bushel yield average in Manitoba. 
Nationally, wheat production is projected to decrease 34.8% year over year to 22.9 million tons. Soybean production is projected to decrease 8.4% year over year to 5.8 million tons. Heavy populations of flea beetles have been noticed on some later maturing canola fields, resulting in some control measures. Here's provincial entomologist John Gavlosky. Looking for a little bit of green vegetation to feed on before they go into their overwintering. They overwinter as adult beetles, so they're going to feed for a while, fatten up a bit, and then go into overwintering. The ones that are in canola, they only eat cruciferous vegetation, so things in that same family as canola. So as some crops are maturing and becoming um, brown, they're moving to some of the later seeded canola that is still a bit green. He notes grasshoppers are still quite noticeable in some ditches and field edges. And as harvest continues, weeds are becoming an issue for farmers. Kim Brown Livingston is the province's weed specialist. Especially the green weeds at harvest. I mean, they they just make harvesting that much more difficult if you're waiting for a crop to dry down and there's weed patches in there. If it's a big patch, you can avoid it. You know, you can combine around it or you could swath around it. Um, I do see a few more people have swathed their canola than we're planning to just because those green patches were not going to dry down. So if we've done some pre-harvest weed control, even though, you know, if we're using a a glyphosate, we want to go after our perennial weeds, but that does help dry down our annual weeds as well and does help with, with harvest, but that is, you know, more of a slower process. But if you were to do, you know, throw in some heat or maybe go to a reg loan, that will help dry down some of that green material a lot faster. She notes despite the recent moisture, soil conditions are still very dry and chemical control may be a better option than tillage. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll have our final bean report of the season. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.